played it back, I'm like, it's more rap on here than I thought it would. I forgot. I forgot it's more rap. It's like, oh, P's and Q's is not. That's and you can tell the difference yeah. between grime and hip hop. But anyway, no, I just, grime. <laughs> I was listening to some of it like at work. Some of your recommendations. I, I thought they were like tracks, but then I was like, oh, these are the albums. And so I was like, yeah, through the albums, uh, and um, it and just like picking out like I have Apple Music for free through my uh through Verizon and uh um yeah just listening and I was just picking the like the star tracks like I guess the top tracks on the album uh into like its own uh separate playlist so I can like get a feel for it mm-hmm. and it's just like uh it's like what the hell are they saying but also it's pretty cool it took me a while <laughs> it took me a few years to like yeah. when I first discovered Dizzy Rascal I had no clue what he was saying. Like, yeah. he's speaking English, but my ears didn't understand it. I'm like, right. what's he saying? Then a few years later, I got it. Like, um, I can't remember. I changed my name on Spotify. I'm not sure if you can find me, but I ha- it's a list I hadn't updated in a while. But yeah. it's still like, it's a bunch of grime. And I used to listen to grime that way too, which is mm-hmm. by tracks. Some grime releases are not good albums because grime is better just by the track. That's yeah. why, like, if you can find a Logan. The Logan Sama One Away style, it's on YouTube as like yeah. one long track. Because I found this, I found that it was a free mixtape yeah. from 08. And I have it still, but one song got corrupted. And I don't know if I can find it. But um, that's a perfect, like, it's one and a half minute, two minutes, some, yeah. some two and a half minute songs. That's like where Grime was good, it, like at its best, when it's like in and out. And um, the, I like how, uh, like, production wise it's just like uh i don't want to say over the top but it's just like they're, they're using uh instruments that i would skip like yeah just like the like the like the strings and the the bleepies and yeah like, like it's <laughs> it's wild like um wiley he is credited with being the grind the great the godfather of grime he mm-hmm. invented it like yeah your points right to him if you listen to um if you listen to tread on thin ice he has like instrumentals throughout it. Yeah. If you listen, I think it's called Avalanche. I think it's the, yeah, I think it's called Avalanche, the instrumental. Yeah. That is the first grime track. Like he I, I didn't know that at the time, but it's like, yeah. It came out in ninety nine. Yeah. Um Yeah, bruv. Yeah, um yeah, like <laughs> bruv and you know, in it. But like, yeah, it's they use a lot of like the pizzicato there's one track he made a couple years back, just clarinet. That's all it is. It's just clarinet and drums. And somebody commented, like, swear words going hard on the beat. Because <laughs> it's, just, it's just all clarinet. It's just the weirdest shit. But yeah, it's stuff that you would skip if you were thinking of, like, I'm going to make a hip-hop beat. You're not using those. Because the thing with Grime, it's all, it came from, like, the two-step garage dubstep sound yeah and they use those same instruments but they made it their own thing and there was a rift between like the garage two-step um community because grime started to happen yeah but then like the vocal like the lyrics got dark and like the lyrics were like more violent and the prior crowd didn't like that and but it started inviting a like new crowd of people at the clubs right that were more violent and it was like kind of pushing the old school guys out um and uh, 
it was, I think that would change the guard because like Grime kind of stuck around and those other guys, they've been doing it for a decade and all of a sudden found themselves like out of sorts right. because it was like, there was no emphasis on putting lyrics to those instrumentals on an album. No one had done it yet. Yeah. Like that Craig David song, the Craig David, Fill Me In, Can You Fill Me In? Like that song was landmark because what they were doing, they were just taking acapellas from American R&B. Yeah. And remixing them, but there had never been a British singer like they didn't just like, wait. There's no what if there's a British singer just singing original lyrics to our stuff, and he he did it. He was the first to do that, and then it kind of exploded that scene because then it was like, oh, they're gonna accept our voices on these, not American voices, and yeah. then that pushed the scene forward. Then grime happened, and that pushed the scene forward. Like Dizzy Rasp, for instance, he's just hip hop now. He came back to grime. Mm-hmm. People called him a sellout. I'm like, man, it's hard to call him a sellout. Like, I wouldn't do it. Like, he made his first that boy in the corner. Yeah, yeah. that album was made in high school. He was his music teacher. Would right. Let him use the computer to make that album. <laughs> right. And like, the music teacher, the interview was like, yeah, I believe in what he was doing. So I let him just sit in the back of class. He raps about it too. He's like, yeah, yeah. sitting back of class making made made this album. And, like, you could tell, like, some of it was made when he was 16. Some of it was made when he was a little older. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the Boy in the Corner is a really good listen from back, front to back. He produced all of that, Dizzy Rascal. Showtime, he didn't produce any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he didn't like producing much, which is kind of weird for him to say, because he's pretty good at it. He wasn't big on melody. Mm-hmm. He was just like, I'm going to throw sounds and drums. Like, he was not big on melody. Okay. Wiley's big on melody. He'll throw... A clarinet at something he'll throw like these weird I'll, I'll say this and then we can start recording it was funny because um if you listen to, um there's a song on tread on thin it's called pick yourself up and at the beginning it's wiley i'm assuming it's wiley's girlfriend or somebody's girlfriend like upset that the yeah. boyfriend's lazy and then a reviewer said it sounds like someone's getting in an argument with a phone operator because at the beginning you hear like phone dialing like yeah. phone do, 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 do. and you hear somebody over the phone and like you hear the pizzicato and the weird drums and it's like yeah it does sound like somebody's getting in an argument with an, a phone operator <laughs> and like because at the time they didn't know how to like Americans did not know how to review grime yeah like, what am I listening to like I don't know what this is I discovered grime by accident because of music review um, sites I'm like and then you listen to it's like this is not rap like you right. it's like this isn't rap and then you hear UK hip hop like that is rap Right. But I can't describe why it's different. <laughs> but yeah, my knowledge of Grime, it only like, it's like first, second generation stuff. Yeah. Like Blacklisted, I'm not sure if that's on Apple Music, because that was like a mixtape. Um, it, that, it was a um, 2012, I think. Uh, and that was like a little later, because he had a major label release, didn't do good. Yeah. Because most of them didn't. And they wouldn't indictment on the artist, it was just... Something about those releases didn't, wasn't good. Um, but yeah, Blacklist, it was like the latest one. Because it was funny, if you heard that Drake album, More Life, where he had grime artists throughout it. Right. People were like on Twitter, what's grime? I'm like, holy shit, it's been 10 years <laughs> at least since grime was in mainstream. Yeah. People were confused by these British people rapping. It's like, what is this? What's, I don't understand what grime is. Like, I felt like I was in a different world. Like, am I reading any of this right? It's like, you guys don't know what grime is? 
Because it was like, yeah, it was some funny lyrics. Like they, the way they rhyme. Like, uh, he, I forgot who it was. Was it Getz? He said he rhymed the words government earner, and then he said Batman. Donna in the song. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Did he just let that happen? It's almost like he meant to put something else there, but yeah. then go back and re-record it. Yeah. And he rhymed government earner with Donna Donna, and like that is the weirdest shit, but it works. Americans didn't get it, but like the UK get them. Yeah. Like, yo, shout that lyric out. But yeah. Um, I'm expanding my musical horizons, folks. Yeah. Yes, I was recording. <laughs> you were recording this yeah. whole time? Yeah. This whole time? Yeah. Oh, shit. I was just trying to get levels, but uh, they all look good. Okay. You still still record? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah. Um, Welcome the, uh, back to Silica Gel. Yeah, Silica Gel. <laughs> I, but yeah. Um, I will say the what I find interesting, like the drill sound. Yeah. The, like the, It used to be UK, like Chicago drill. Right, right. Then it's the UK drill. But if you listen to UK drill, that is like the to me the evolution of grime. Yeah, because it's the, still the same kind of dark lyrics. Yeah, but like tone turned up to like it's almost cartoonish. There's a funny like compilations of like questionable drill lyrics. Yeah, man, this was quick. <laughs> I like I like is this part of the joke? I like what. They, you know, some some questionable Princess Diana punchlines. I'm like, holy, you can't say that. <laughs> Something about crashing and Princess Diana. Like, all right, that. But uh, but it's always funny to hear. Like, it almost sounds like the UK making fun of itself in drill. Yeah, I'm not trying to describe it. It's like if you listen to old grime songs, cartoonish kind of like. Not because of their accents, just kind of yeah. like they didn't take themselves too serious. Right. Now it's like the first wave of drill guys all wearing balaclavas and like the weird masks, like the Jabberwocky mask, you know, yeah. the dance group Jabberwockies. Mm-hmm. They all wear those masks. Like they won't, like a lot of early drill groups would never show their faces, like as if they were still up to stuff. Right. And it was the appeal of it. And uh, always felt like drill was like the evolution of grime and I don't hear much from grime anymore like I think drill overtook grime yeah um I'm not sure if it's heartbreaking or like that's just evolution but uh but yeah I, like I said that grime was my like when I discovered it I couldn't get enough of it like I was I would troll MySpace just to click somebody's player like yeah you would hear somebody I can't find it to save my life which is the downside of grime Somebody rapped over the like Channel Four UK news yeah. intro, and it sounded crazy. I'm like, oh my god, this is good! But there was no way to download it from the MySpace player. Yeah, and I had no clue to search for it. And that was the cool thing about Grime is like, yeah, you may have heard it once, and you would never hear it again unless somebody was lucky enough to record it, and whoever rapped it wrote down those raps and re-recorded yeah. it. Because if that would happen, somebody would freestyle something and. It'll, Re-record it for something else, right? But yeah, um, grime. I'm like, I'm not sure where that where that went. Like, I'm not sure if it's still around in some capacity. If people are still checking for it, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a drum that always fascinated me. I think that inspired how I produce. Like the drum cadences that I always lean on. It's because mm-hmm. of grime. I'm like, yeah, my drum patterns are not always like quote unquote hip hop. They're like. It's kind of grimy, but no, grime is good. Uh, anyway, um, that's <laughs> I mean, it. I've been getting into. I think uh, 
in our last discussion, um, you were talking, I think, a little bit about dubstep. So I was like at home and I was just looking up like, hmm, what does quote unquote real dubstep sound like? Yeah. the uh, uh, And uh, I... I've only been listening, like, I'm gonna listen, I listen to a few, and there's one that I keep going back to, because uh, it just sounds so awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll play it. Not right now, but I'll, I'll splice it in there. But uh, from Chrome Star, if you've heard of them, they sound familiar. Were they like the like early run? Yeah, yeah, dubstep. Yeah. yeah, like the the my the most knowledge I got of dubstep, like like at once. Yeah, was the there's a YouTuber named Timba on Toast. He does pretty good like documentaries, and it was the thing. I think I talked about this one. All my homies hate Skrillex. Yeah, and it was how like Skrillex was not his fault. But he was the one. We think we talked about that in the last podcast. Yeah. But yeah, the, basically, there was a window where grime and dubstep overlapped mm-hmm. a lot. It was kind of almost interchangeable. Well, like, because you would get away with, like, playing grime instrumentals as, like, that was, there was a time where that was a thing. It's like, oh, this is just a grime beat being played. Yeah. Honestly, I thought, like, grime was just another, like, electronic music thing. I didn't know that there was lyrics to it. And that's the thing. It, I, it, the like I said, the origins of it was the MCs rapping over like two step and garage, but then like the beats changed and like they found producers that made like darker sounding stuff to match yeah. the lyrics, and then gave birth to like its own genre. But yeah, it used to be like interchangeable. Like you would just play a grime instrumental next to a dubstep instrumental because they kind of yeah. still shared the wobbles and the same sound design. It was just the beat cadence. Like, grime is typically 140. That's, yeah. like, what grime is known for, being 140 tempo. And if it's slower than that, it probably isn't grime. It's another, like, sometimes tempos can create the genre. Yeah. You can have a dubstep song, but if I bet some dubstep you sped it up, you might get in the drum and bass territory. Just up yeah, to, yeah, if yeah. you get the, mm-hmm. the, the right drum um, programming. But... But yeah, the Timba on Toast documentary, I mean, that All My Homies Hate Skrillex is really good because it shows the exact moment when dubstep did change and it got to America and got like a weird rep. Because funny how dance music, it went from here, the States, back to the UK, Yeah, from the UK, back here, and that's how it got classified as white people music. <laughs> it's like, no, the originators of dance music in this country are black. Right. Now, people got influenced by Kraftwerk. They're Germans. But, like, the genre's birth, inspired by Kraftwerk and their sound design, some of it, but, like, was black music, went back. Some people, there were some songs that didn't work in America. Yeah. Went to the UK and became big hits. And the, the people in America were like, oh, wait, my song's doing numbers in the UK? And they would, that's when they went to go tour right. and learned that the music that they thought was dying here or wasn't catching on, caught on, and they kind of rebirth some of the old, like the first run house producers. Yeah. The music came back and they put their own spin on it. The UK did. And you got a lot of, um, there's big beat 
which um, that's Fat Boy Slim and um, some Chemical Brothers, and um, I can't think of uh, Low Fidelity All Stars. Yeah. Big Beat is Fat Boy Slim. Most of his songs are, would be classified as Big Beat, where it's like drum loops from like sixty songs with repetitive lyric, like yeah, repetitive samples. But right like, about now, yeah, funk soul is it funk soul? Funk soul brother, brother. Okay, yeah. like the, my friend always thought it was fuck your brother. No, if you listen to right here, right now, that song, yeah. If you listen to the album version of that song, there's a skit that goes into the mm-hmm. song. He's like, I want to hear that song, the funk. Check it out now, the funk soul brother, right about now, and it goes into the song. Yeah. Um, but Speaking yeah. of which, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. You know, uh, Hip hop skits, like how oh, that's <laughs> the, man. Uh, the skit went from like you looked forward to them, and then like reviewers got they start to hate them. Yeah, I think it was because they had to review the album. It's like I gotta hear these skits again. But no, like there's some skits. That's the um the classic skit was the Wu Tang skit of which female animated character would you rather bang? Like that was the classic skit. They were like. <laughs> Wilma or Betty, and they would just like lose their they would lose their minds and they they did their pick, or they were you know just any classic, uh, females in cartoons from the sixties. It was just yeah. like that was the classic skit. And that skit went off like five minutes. It was like a, you could just tell us there was a bunch of dudes just getting high, just fantasizing which one, Betty or Wilma. Like we were, or Wonder I think they did Wonder Woman or Catwoman. That was yeah. the one they did, and they would just lose their mind. Uh, but then, like, the skit became... I think it just, like... I think they just added it because it's just something to add. Maybe they got bored. Like, some <laughs> some skits were for the concept. Like, the... Um, if you listen to College Dropout, mm-hmm. the those skits there all served a purpose. Oh, right, right, right. Or, yeah, like, yeah. Late Registration. Those skits, the... Broke five broke. We ain't got it. Yeah. <laughs> There's an apostle among us. He is eating cereal with milk. <laughs> He's Mr. Like, Woods. Yeah. He's like, you have something for the kids to sing after the graduation, something that inspired him. He um and it was um What in the hell was that, Kanye? But then now the the hip hop skit serve a purpose. And then I think now in the age of streaming, they're just all but gone. Right. It's gone. Like the skits moved to Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what it would have been. Yeah. Like if hip hop skits existed now. All those sounds would have been TikTok sounds. Like yeah. there's some classic skits that I'm shocked are not hip like TikTok sounds. I'm shocked. That Wu Tang skit should be a sound. I don't know how it's not. I think it would take one of the Wu Tang members to do it to make that explode. Yeah. Cause it perfect. It's like, which character would you rather? Like, that's a perfect for TikTok. But yeah, the skit's a lost art. I think cause they used to be slick about it. The, the, the skit used to be its own track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you could skip it. Mm-hmm. But at one time, the skit was part of the track after the track. Like, it would be like, the track will play, and then the skit then would be the part skit, of the track. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the skit. That's a lost art. That I think it's just, let's make 22-minute songs and throw it on Spotify and call it an album so we get streams. This It's weird how, like, it's all changed with, like, what to put on a disc. Because you only had 80 minutes on the disc. Right. So it's like, let's fill it up. We got... 15 more minutes skits let's do it uh, some of the skits were not funny but some were like 
really funny. Like you listen to a MF Doom album, it's full of skits, like just samples from like old Marvel cartoons. Mm. But like it served the purpose of like moving the storyline along. And um food in the middle of it there's four back to back to back to back skits and that's like oh why did he do this it's good as fucking skip him like but it's weird it's like he put four skits in the middle of his album why would he do this uh, I'm like four and they're all long like why are there two minute skits there's eight minutes of skits in the middle of the album but no skit lost art like I don't know if yeah I don't even know that any insensitive brain knows back now you got me thinking but yeah the skit like you, um, I think about the Devin the Dude skit on um, Waiting to Inhale and you got the thing with the boom yeah the boom he would just call it I need the 808 with the boom boom he just prank call people <laughs> and just that weird voice I need the boom yeah yeah the boom uh, but yeah he, you can tell he Devin the Dude if you know if anybody knows Devin the Dude this is the Texas podcast yeah he got high um, skit songs those are that's a lost art like the song that's like, is this a skit or a song? Yeah. That's a lost art. Because now it's like, let's go viral with a skit video, like a funny video with the weird song. But no, I was like, is this a real song or am I supposed to be, this is take serious or no? Um, but anyway. Herb, I have, a, I have a question for you. Go for it. You have a hard drive. Let's say one terabyte. What are you going to fill it up with? The most salacious stuff you can think. No, I'm joking. Most password protective stuff. No. Mine is full of you know my old digital cameras, just I just dump the cards on those, you know, go to Rangers games, take random pictures, dump them, go to conventions, dump the pictures. Um art inspiration, um fonts, um too many memes so many reaction videos like it's just too many I won't say so many it's too many because if you say too many you know that's, that I have a problem and I admit it um, sounds I produce music so a bunch of sounds um, also I also like I'll unzip it but still keep the zip oh yeah I do the same thing yeah like I'll unzip it put it where it goes but I have a folder full of this, the zip of the things I have just I don't know why um in my mind it's like what if I you know what if I don't need the unzipped one I'll just delete it and then I'll keep the compressed version yeah or like vice versa like if with fonts you know you just open up the zip and then open up the font and then install like you don't have to unzip the font yeah and so there's some things that you don't really need to unzip but yeah it's um bunch of um shows I downloaded um Legally, huh? Um, yeah, wink. Uh, if, the, if the if the if the if the alphabet boys are listening, legally. Um, but yeah, it's it's stuff that like you don't want to clog up. I don't want to clog up my machine with. Right. Like I need my machine when I open up any kind of intense program like Photoshop. Yeah. I need that. I need that um working memory. What's it called? Like when the cache. Whenever right. you have the program open, it takes up. You, you you can allot a certain amount of hard drive space yeah to um to for backup in mm-hmm. case it crashes and it recovers but but yeah I mean among a lot of other things it's like it's stuff that here's a like you know when you were a kid here's a cool stick that your mom won't let you keep it's like the internet version of that it's like here's a cool picture 
I want to keep this picture. And it's like, you don't name the picture. It's just a bunch of random letters and numbers. Right. You just forget the name. It's like, and then he's going through cleaning up stuff. You're like, oh, this picture. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, I have this picture somewhere else, but I actually named it something. Um, but then you get afraid to delete any version of it, which is its own issue. But yeah. I mean, the reason I bring it up is, that, you know, I, I, I found this article uh, from The Atlantic titled Confessions of an Information Hoarder. Subtitle. What Happens to Our Brains When We Have an Infinite Memory by Charlie Warzel. So it starts, uh, there was a point during the most isolating parts of the pandemic, usually when I was bored in the evening, where I'd open up my uh, phone's camera roll and scroll back through my pre-pandemic life. I'm not sure if this was a healthy lockdown coping strategy or not, but I'd thumb through photos of mundane life moments that in that moment felt exotic. Look at me in a restaurant, at a concert with friends, participating in society, showing my full face. Content, uh, content from the photos aside, there was also something genuinely pleasing about the experience of clicking the photos app and seeing this mosaic of my life. When I sort by all photos, my iPhone shows 45 frames at a time. Occasionally, I would page uh, through the to 26,224 photos in my library, which my phone refers to quite generously as recent, to find something from a few years back, and the act of rapid scrolling would blur and shift the mosaic. Uh, I noticed while swiping that without seeing individual photos, this specific document of my life had different eras with different distinct color palettes. The palette was darker, for instance, when I lived in New York probably because more of my photos were taken inside my dimly lit railroad apartment. There was a period in late 2015 uh, where the mosaic turns reddish brown, a marker of uh, when my dog Peggy came into my life. I moved to Montana in 2017 and the scrolling blur is blue and green, the result of many shoddy attempts to capture a new home that featured mountains and a large sky. Um, uh, archiving our lives is not new, but the volume we can amass in, and the ease with which we can do it is new. As writer Drew Austin uh, notes in a wonderful recent piece for Wired, by fostering the sense that our wells uh, of personal information were bottomless, Google has turned us into information hoarders. So, you know, and after, you know, reading the article... Um, you know, it got me to thinking about what stuff do I have? Like I have, let me just open up my, fo my photos. I mean, I, uh, I don't really take that many photos, but you know, over the years that does accumulate, um, I have, well, it says, um, 8,780, I mean, 8,780. So, uh, Technically, not as much as that guy, because again, I don't take that many photos. I always want to, but I mean, looking at you know all these photos that I have, it's just like, uh, am I really gonna look at all these? Yeah, like <laughs> you in the moment, you're probably inspired by the sky, or you saw like a something on the side of a building. Like, that's one of those images. Like, us oh, saw a mural, took a picture of it, you know. Am I going to look at it again? 
No, yeah. Or like you see a funny shirt at the thrift store. You're not going to buy it, but you take the fun picture of it. Or you take the picture of you in it or something. And it's like, do I just upload this to Facebook and just delete it from my phone? Or do I keep it? Like there's some things worth keeping or just dumping on Facebook versus you want to keep the high quality version of it. And like, yeah, I think that's like the curse of having the phone with a lot of memory on it. You snip, snip, you know, snap, snap, snap. And suddenly you got thousands of pictures and you, it's not like you're going to print them out and print right. an album or in a book. Like some people do that. They're like, yeah. you know, back when there was the big phenomenon of like iPhone photography where people were like, you know, the iPhone was a legit camera and like they would take all these pictures and then make, you know, photo books. And Select. yeah, I think Apple still has that whole campaign shot on iPhone. Yeah, things. like you yeah. see the the like the big old ads at downtown, right? Right, like right. The big, big banner ads, and then um. But yeah, it's like, what purpose is all that going to serve? Like, not just taking the pictures with your phone, but like you know, on Instagram or Twitter, you say or Facebook, you screenshot something that's funny, or you save a picture a funny meme or something that's gonna you wanna keep the show somebody else is like, yo, look at this thing. Yeah. It's like, but that adds up because there's nothing to nudge you like physically and say, Hey, it's getting crowded or you can't close the closet door anymore or stuff is falling off the shelf or things are stacking up because you physically have too much stuff. Like I physically have too much art stuff under this couch. Yeah. Like of crayons pouring out from under the couch and paper and paint and like eventually I'll use it but like did I need it at the time that's physical hoarding yeah digital hoarding is like your phone giving you an alarm saying you're running out of space and or you can't download this app because you have too much you have to clear some memory right. or clear some cash um and yeah I think um the digital hoarding, I'm not sure if people look at that as serious as physical hoarding. Right. Like the show Hoarders on A&E, was it, right? Where people who would have generations of stuff in their house, the garage full of whatever, and the spouses are pleading with the other spouse, like, please get rid of it. And like, there's a mental attachment to it that they can't bear yeah. to part with the physical thing. But with digital it's a, things... It's a lot easier because it's just like, it doesn't weigh any... It weighs as much as my phone. Yeah, like your phone doesn't get heavier. Like, that'd be something. But yeah, your phone doesn't get heavier because there's more stuff in it. And so there's no... And I wonder if like people, like society, they look at physical hoarders as like something wrong with them, right? Right. But digital hoarders, what does society look at that? Because I think more people are digital hoarders than they would ever be physical hoarders. Like, there are more people who would have, they have folders full of vacation photos they won't delete. Or, you know, whatever random thing they saw, a night out, they won't yeah, delete. Yeah. They, won't, they didn't want to put it on Facebook, but they also didn't want to get rid of it. Right. And the part in the article where it talked about how Google has turned us into hoarders. Yeah, I can relate to that because, like, I, I had to... Um, a folder on my Google Drive. You know, all phones come with the app, I think. Um, if you have an Android phone. Yeah, yeah. And instead of saving it to my phone, I would just have the app ready. You know, if I wanted to... Because the thing is with me, I like making memes. 
And so like I like having a bunch of random pictures handy. I have I use my Fonto app, P H O N T O. You know, in case anybody wants to know, how do you put words on images? I use Fonto <laughs> and make my memes. And so like that's a different use, but like that's my hoarding where I like I have images I want to make memes from. Yeah, that's not normal or I mean it's more common meme people speak through memes more than ever but yeah like with physical hoarding there's no equivalent to that like oh I'm going to use this random thing to glue to this to make a craft arts and crafts or whatever so like the digital hoarding you want to make a cool thing with this image well it's you can stow it away somewhere and not take it up physical space but if you're going to do something like equivalent to that with physical hoarding, then it might be incentive not to keep it because like how many more little knickknacks can I keep around here before yeah. I have nothing, to, I have no place to put down anything. Um, so yeah, um, the thing about like yeah, Google is, I don't know if the word is complicit, but yeah, they, they've made it so much easier to store things and or stowaway things, then um, to some people it might just become cumbersome. It's like everywhere they open up a folder somewhere, they're just bombarded with this random folder of whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Files, but yeah, and that's what I bump into at least. I'm you know speaking for myself where it's like, oh yeah, this folder from a convention I went to, I'm like I already have this backed up, but I'm afraid to delete it from my backup. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got, uh, you know, hard drive with nothing but, like, you know, years and years ago when I was uh, chronically online um, of just, like, pictures, reaction GIFs, reaction pictures that, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to use those. Um, uh, what else? Uh, anime that I once watched. But I'm never going to watch again. But I also don't want to delete it because it's like, what if I, it, it, you know, it's the same mentality as, you know, regular hoarding. It's like, what if I do use it in the future? Yeah. It's always like, it's nagging. Yeah. Like, cause it, you think you don't want to, you, you're imagining the regret you right. might feel if like the moment you get rid of it, that's when you needed it. Like Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like, that. that's the grip that. Having so much uh, storage or like, you know, um, I guess capacity. I don't know. At your, like so much that, in your hands. Yeah, yeah. At, that, yeah at, at your disposal. Like you have all you have the capacity to have thousands of whatever at your disposal, but at the same time you're like, I think it make, that makes it easier to say, well, what is the harm in not? What is the harm in keeping it? Right. Because. There's the one percent or point oh one percent. I don't need it. Let me just keep it. But um, the toll that might take, like for me, it's like I have so much stuff stays on my computer. It's like it, it it does get to a point where it feels like it does feel you feel it physically. Like I got all this stuff. Like and it's you. I have a folder of stuff that like of like I might save a bunch of art references. Yeah. But then I organize them based off like era, like 80s, 90s, Y2K. But then I have a folder of like, I'll sort it later. 
But then you ended up you end up with multiple folders of I'll sort it later. Yeah. It's like so like where are you gonna sort this? Because you've you have multiple sorting folders that you have to sort into other folders. And I think because the fact that like there's nothing nudging me saying that you have too many folders, there's no, like, there's no such thing really, unless you're like right. have an inch of hard drive space left. There's nothing really nudging you saying free up space. You you've got enough. Um yeah, it's I like I said, I think part of me I physically feel it like, you know, I go on a spree of downloading fonts or I'll go on a spree of um downloading sound fonts, which uh it's almost like what the name says. It's instead of like a sound font is a, for people who don't produce music, there's a program that you have to download in a digital audio workstation, pretend you know what I'm talking about, and you load the sound. And this sound could be sourced from a sample, sourced from a synth, but instead of a bank, it could either be a bank of a sound font and within the sound font or an individual font. And you can't, like it's different than downloading a virtual instrument with those sounds in it. Yeah. But then like some of these sound fonts are pretty intense, like a gig. And then the bigger they are, the they have to load that into the program and that, that file ends up being a bigger file because it's loading such a big file within it. Um but yeah, it's like I you know, it's I have folders of like, okay, I there's a zip of these sound fonts I'll install later but I probably won't install them. Uh, but they're in the sound font folder as yeah. a zip, so you can't access them. Like, what if I need to make chip tunes later? Then I need to... Exactly. Like, <laughs> what if, like, that's the... That it's true. that what if. It's like, I need I need a saxophone. By the way, producers out there, <laughs> it's really hard to find a good sax. Like, a synth sax, they're not good. But if you find a good saxophone sound font... Uh, Hit our line. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I have a few... <laughs> Uh, yeah, good time to plug the Silica Gel Pod on, at Twitter, Silica Gel Podcast on Instagram. Um, that's where you find. That's where we, we you know, you can DM us, tweet at us, comment or whatnot. But yeah, like sound fonts are made by they'll either pitch it throughout. They, they'll pitch it in the sound font, or a person will play each individual note separately and program it for each key. You find those, you got a good one. It's not like some pitch down to where it's pitched lower, it plays longer, it pitched higher, it plays shorter. Yeah. No, the person's like played each note in the range of the instrument and programmed to each key. It's either here nor there. The, the point is, as you can see, when I download fonts, I'm um, sound fonts, I get, it's like, okay, I found the saxophone. We have this one in case I found a better one and I end up finding a better saxophone, but I will not, I will not delete the worst saxophone. So I'm going to keep the bad sax. And the good sex, because imagine if you were an, an actual musician. Right. Well, I won't say that. That sounded that's, <laughs> that sounded really classist. I'm don't. I mean, I played trumpet in high school, so all musicians are musicians. Like, yeah, yeah. Whether you make it electronically and don't have any kind of keyboard or whatever. Also, still, my opinion: uh, don't ever call yourself aspiring. If you do something, you are that thing. Yeah, that, and yeah, that I truly believe that too, because that's a word I think people use to say. Um, oh, you, you're not schooled in this genre or this instrument, or you haven't paid your dues, 
or like some people might have imposter syndrome about it, right? So they'll use that word inspi- aspiring. Yeah. It's like, no, you do it once. You, you, you're you doing it. Right. Like you are that, whether you are paid gig or freelance. Aspiring, when they, when they use the word aspiring, they probably mean like they want to be recognized by like yeah, right, right. publication or whatever. But yeah, that's a good... That yeah, that's a good word to live by. What he said, aspiring is, it's you're doing it if you're doing it, but um, but yeah, it's imagine if you were like a, a musician that played all these instruments, then you have to store all these instruments in a warehouse or something, and I'm assuming it's like you got to make a, uh, like you can't keep a tuba and a trombone and a tippany if you've got a small garage. Yeah, so it's like that's the whole thing about. Physical hoarding, like digital hoarding, yeah, it's. I I wonder if like, for some people, it really encumbers their life to the point where, they feel like they have to address all the little folders, either on their cloud, or on their hard drive or their external. Like they feel like they have to address all that stuff, because even though it's out of sight, out of mind. You don't have the view where you can, you know, you can look at the, the, the thumbnails, the extra large thumbnails or like yeah. the list. Sometimes it's like easier if you don't, if you just look at the list, it's not as imposing. But if you see all these thumbnails coming at you, like, oh crap, that's all this stuff that I have to address. Like the list, to me, it's like, okay, it's just words. But obviously all these thumbnails is like, what am I doing? And you look at the bottom left corner, 1,750 items. Like, what am I doing <laughs> with my life? Yeah, so for the assignment for tonight, go through your hard drive. Um, if there's any 18 plus stuff, you know where to hit us up. <laughs> uh, Church. <laughs> uh, yeah, just you know, tell us, tell us what your storage situation is like. Yeah. Uh, the- do you have stuff that you do not want to part with? Why don't you want to part with it? Yeah, like back in the day where. You have do you have random thumb drives of like you might have an album on it here like a music album because you were transferring it from one computer to another yeah or like now external hard drives are more commonplace but it used to be thumb drives like I have random thumb drives like you know when I took classes it's like okay this is before drives would really suffice like the cloud you yeah, couldn't yeah. store a Photoshop file on the cloud like too many of them without them taking up space or like a God forbid a After Effects file. That's like a gig, maybe. Some Photoshop files will get to a gig. But it's like, you got a thumb drive with just this file on it. And you it's easy to lose a thumb drive. But now, yeah. the cloud, your phone, has gigs and gigs of space. And it's like, what have your habits changed from 10 years or so ago before like cloud services became more commonplace yeah now opposed to back then where you probably had a you maybe had an external hard drive with like maybe half a gig or half a terabyte because now terabytes like that's probably that's like, nothing that's lowballing now, yeah i bought my terabyte thumb drive i mean external 2013 in march 2013 so nine years ago and i think i think at the time i think they had a four terabyte mm-hmm. at the most I'm like, I don't need that much. I didn't. I had no clue how much terabyte actually. I knew, yeah. But it's like, you, everything I thought I had, I put on there. It was like one percent use. I'm like, 
that's how like you look at the little bar on the your my computer or yeah. my P, this PC. You see the little blue sliver on the bar. <laughs> like that's how much space you're using. That's how much space is left. So yeah, like, are you like, has your digital hoarding habits changed for the better or for the worse since cloud technology and smartphones make it easier for you to hold stuff and that one percent chance of like parting ways with it you'll you'll look past that just to keep it just in case but yeah like do you look at digital hoarding on the same level as physical hoarding like is there is oh that's a good question like do you think do you place the same stigma on people who have gigs and gigs and gigs of stuff as opposed to you go to somebody's house and they have like stuff to the ceiling or they have a garage that they can't park in anymore because it's full of boxes of old magazines or you know brochures um so yeah like i wonder like i'm curious about that like is do people stigmatize digital hoarding is that like a thing is like i think i want to count uh uh browser tabs <laughs> as well uh, oh yeah yeah i feel like that you can lump that in there as well like i've I, seen some people that just have like like tons like i don't even know how you you know you can navigate which tab is which yeah like how do you find like because like um and most browsers now like you open you close the browser you open it back up it's you can right. restore them right like if you use opera they'll open you click it open and those bra- those tabs are still there because that's a form of like that's a form of storage you don't want to you don't want to quite bookmark it right you don't want to lose it because oh, no, 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 yeah. like, like i you- could bookmark like just going through my safari like i have stuff that i could probably just bookmark but i just don't because it's just like do i need this bookmark or am i going to use this bookmark later you might like, forget it because like like it's uh, that's another out of sight out of mind exactly thing. yeah yeah like you bookmark it in a list is like i'm not gonna remember to click bookmarks and like organize my bookmarks my, like i'm on chrome yeah my bookmarks are organized by art references music um different different basically different references like right. i have this folder of sports logo references this folder of excuse me art style references um music references and i'm like it's out of sight out of mind and the only thing that helps is like you know you're on chrome and you see the blue star it's like that means you bookmark like oh yeah i have this but like i forgot to even access to bookmarks but yeah i agree with Luis. like i got a lot of uh oh go ahead no i agree tabs are a form i i would say because you're it's something that you're you have yet to part ways with you don't want to part you're like if i close these tabs and like not restore these tabs um yeah i i would include that too it's like i i got a lot of wikipedia articles of like books that i'll never read um i have uh, a lot of song like lyrics to songs that i was looking up um recipes a lot of recipes um and yeah it's just like I could close these out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it has another part. I think the article uh, that I mentioned also goes to is like sort of uh, offloading your memory. Like 
you're not retaining this stuff because I'm just gonna it's like put it on this external device or like put it on my phone so um you know I won't need to remember it but I know that it's there like it's uh more easily accessible for me to access this quote-unquote memory or 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 as opposed to like storing like storing it in your head right 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 hanging on to it like because yeah i mean you know people made you know before the smartphone people made physical lists of whatever right and now it's like you can just set a reminder on your phone on your calendar or like you said like store it away somewhere but then like like what has that done to like the brain when it comes to not having to hold on to a reminder or thought, but like the, the thought is still there. Like you, you kind of have to go out of your way to go and get that thought. It's like, yeah. Oh, I remember this day and you have the photo album to go back to. And you got to think about it. We take pictures of stuff now that, we wouldn't have taken pictures of back when there were analog cameras because you only had a finite amount of film. Right. Like right, we wouldn't right. take we take thousands of pictures. Like we go to conventions, we I've taken hundreds of pictures. Like you see a cool cosplayer, take a picture. You take a picture of the cosplayer with the cosplayer. Yeah. Um You take a picture of their enlarged testicles. Yeah. That, yeah well, well oh yeah. Um South Park reference for those who are like, what is this about? Um, but yeah, you see that? You gotta, you gotta, right? Imagine back in the day, you kind of had to be judicious. Like, do I take a picture of this? Yeah. Because you only had how many exposures on the camera? 28? Maybe. I can't remember anymore. I don't remember either. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the thing. And you have to pay to get those developed. Yeah. We like we could choose. like at, we, if, at home, we can do it. You can print from your phone. Your phone has... Wi-Fi, your, your phone has it. You can connect your phone to your printer and print. Like, I mean, the ink costs money and all that, but you don't have to go out of your way to the pharmacy like CVS or Eckert's, for those who remember. Oh, um, I remember that one. Yeah. Oh, that's a throwback. Yeah, you don't have to go to Eckert's. No, it's the, the old CVS building. You can, it's always fun to see the old CVS buildings that used to be Eckert's. You can tell. Didn't they have like a blue pill logo? It's kind of like a blue, yeah, like a blue little... It looked like a peel, like it was like a rounded off edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the R in Eckert's was like the pharmacy RX. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I th- it's funny, off MacArthur and Irvin, there's um old Eckert's. They never converted to anything else. Not to, I think it's a sushi restaurant <laughs> off of um MacArthur, MacArthur yeah. Park Shopping Center in front of the um, Target over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny to see a pharmacy as a sushi restaurant. I'm like, I know that building. It's unmistakable. <laughs> That's architecture but no like yeah we we take pictures of stuff now we would never have um 20 years ago and or you would have to have like a camera dedicated to like multiple cameras like the old disposable cameras dedicated to that that vacation or that time out but yeah it's um yeah it's and you have to remember to go develop those that's the thing if you don't develop, develop those cameras in time they're no good. Like it doesn't develop. Now it's like, there's no urgency with these pictures. It's like, you take them, you might go back as a throwback Thursday. Like, oh, remember this? Uh, Or Facebook will remind you. 
this day, you know, on this day. Also, another aspect of digital hoarding that I almost forgot. Uh, like if you see right there, there's a bunch of. Um, I'm pointing at uh, under a dresser, and I have a bunch of DVDs. Back when like that was like the storage of choice. Like I didn't yeah, uh, yeah. just burn the DVD, like write it to the DVD, and like that probably is the first form of digital hoarding because computers back in the day didn't have the most space to save. So you would just write it to a disc when it went from floppy. Now it went to like CD, then DVD. Well, before that was the Iomega zip drive. If you remember that, um, take some ibuprofen. You remember zip drives? I don't think so. Yeah, I have one. In fact, it's a, it was like, think of a high capacity floppy disc. That would hold like 128 megs instead of two megs. Wait, they're like smaller, right? No, they were bigger. They, oh, okay. They, they were, you couldn't hide them. Like there was a <laughs> zip drive that would go into like the serial port of your computer. This is when um, this was if you worked at like art studios, they would pass these because that was like before external hard drives. You would just pass around a zip drive. Yeah. Of 128 megs, which was enough at the time, or 256. Um, but yeah, zip drives. That that format came and went um, because then we got thumb drives or flash drives. However, I'm not sure if that's regional. That's a bit. It's fun to look up. Thumb. I call them thumb drives. Do you call them flash drives or thumb drives? Uh, I just call them USB drives. See, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. So you do neither because you know they they're the size of your thumb. I think that's why they call thumb drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, digital hoarding. Like I have stuff burnt to disc. Like when I used to play The Sims. Everything I've ever downloaded back in 2001, I still have that disc to this day. That that, that stuff has survived 21 years. I don't know how, um, but everything I've ever had in that game, I still have it. That is extreme hoarding. I still have old high school mixtapes or CDs. I still have them yeah. in there. They Some of them don't play. I still have... I'll tell this story. I still have this one CD of this. It's all Spanish love songs. I don't think I told you the story. So you want to hear this for the first time. <laughs> sure. This one girl, I won't say her name, but she's cool. I think she, she had a twin brother. That was unique. Uh, like they look alike. Oh, the twins, but brother, sister twins, fraternal yeah. twins. And um, she liked me. I'm like, but I didn't know at the time. I'm like she really liked me. And like, in the middle of English class, she, she'd like sit next to me and like stroke my hair and say like, oh, you're so handsome. I'm like, this is really Ford. I didn't know what to do with it. Like, does she like me? I can't. Yeah, I, I can't tell. She called me handsome. And I'm not telling this story to blow smoke. Like, people are like, he's just making this up because he's a loser. No. One day she gave me a CD. I didn't know what it was. But it was in, like the, she wrote in Spanish. Yeah. I think it had the word um, mejor on it. Like, the best of, like, or the mm -hmm. best... And then I didn't play it for a while. And then one day I put it in the CD player. And I'm like, oh, it's in Spanish. And you keep like, oh, they're all in Spanish. <laughs> and then you get, I like, I put it all together. I'm like, these are like a bunch of Spanish love songs. I still have the CD and it plays still. <laughs> it's like, what's her name? Her last name is, she's a singer. Her last name is Forcad. She's F-O-U-R-C-A-D-E. Oh, I know her, Natalia. Lockett. Natalia, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That there was a because she the way she burnt it, you see all the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it's a good music on there. Like I listen to music where I don't understand the language because like 
it's good music. But I'm like, like grime. I don't understand what they're saying. Even though it's English, <laughs> it's like, what English are you speaking? It's not American English. <laughs> In America, we speak English. I'm like, yeah, it's the matter how this. Like, parse that sentence. <laughs> we speak English in America. We shouldn't be, but we are. There's probably a thousand other languages we should be speaking. Uh, but yeah, I still have that CD. That's hoarding. Why do I have a CD from a girl who idiot me figured out, oh, she liked me. And like all these Spanish love songs. Like, what am I going to do with... I had a really tough... Like there was one night I was in my feelings, that phrase. I'm like, let me play this CD. And I got really sad. I'm like, why am I playing this? I am sad. Was she I, the one that got away? That's what it felt like. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I won't, I won't long too hard. Yeah. I wonder how she's doing. I found her Facebook, but she doesn't use it. I know she doesn't. It was just one picture of her and her friends on vacation. Yeah. Uh, I found her brother. Her brother's an engineer. Making engineer money. Wow. Uh, and they got the same name. Just Hers has an A at the end of it. It's like, that's easy. <laughs> like Antonio Antonia? No, it's, I won't say the names. No, but no, no. You, well, you know, you, I get yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's <laughs> Spanish, you know, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just add an O or an A. But no, like, that's hoarding. I don't know why I still have uh, old mixtapes from when I had, you know, Napster or Winamax or whatever, Morpheus. Um, but yeah, that's like the first digital hoarding to me. It's like, you just have all these piles of like random CDs or like you would have to, when you pirated the game. Remember when games, you, you would put the game on the disc, but then you had to like boot it from the computer. Like you had to have like a boot, like a um, daemon and you had to put the disc in, but you had to boot the ISO. That's what it's called. Yeah. An ISO, you had to boot that. But yeah, like I still have all these discs that I could back up but now it's like computers don't have disk drives anymore. You right. gotta buy an external disk drive, right? Or rip it to a on a old. If you have access to the old computer, rip it to a thumb drive or a external. But yeah, that version of ho- digital hoarding, like it's still physical hoarding, but the disks take up less space. Exactly. But yeah. it's like it's both physical and digital because the disk can hold more than the the object, but still, it's digital hoarding. And I wonder if, depending on the generation you grew up in, where you have you you did the mixtape thing. Now it's just playlists. Yeah, is that hoarding? Where you have a um, Spotify full of playlists, and some might have the multiple songs on each playlist, but you have all these playlists just just because for different modes that mood that you might be in for working out. For the drive home, for the drive to work, is that digital hoarding? Is clicking save on Instagram or your bookmarks on Twitter, or you know, you can save posts on Facebook too, right? Yeah, you click. I think the so. Little, yeah, yeah, little uh, bow tie or banner. Yeah, like you can, you can, you can just save the posts where they're not stored on your computer. It's like what Louis talked about with tabs. It's kind of akin to that, where it's like you have it. But you don't. Like, it's stored, but it's not stored. It's gone as soon as you delete the profile. Right. And so, so, yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, it's the, the concept of digital hoarding. It's like, I think it's, it's, it's the version of hoarding that I think is more a part of our lives than physical hoarding, just because it's so much easier. 
And I, I don't think the, I don't think I know I asked if you if you think there's a stigma, if people out there think there's a stigma on it. I don't think there is as much of one. Right. Me either. Um, it's just a commonplace. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. how caffeine is, you know, the world's most consumed drug. But it's like, not a drug. Right. Like People don't look at it like a drug, but you get just as hooked. Right. Or like the I don't want to I don't want to be Mr. Pseudoscience. Don't they talk about like the effects of what sugar on the brain is similar to like some hard drugs, like the the chemical release, like sugar is more. I remember reading something like that years ago. It's like it's more like people think like, you know, you get eat sugar and you get hyper. It's really, you know, more sedative in what I read. Like it's more like heroin. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like if I eat too much sweets, like I bought this candy bar from these kids because I can't say no to kids selling stuff. Like, I, I've been that kid, and I know how it is to stand around out in front of a store and sell stuff, and I have a bunch of adults walk past you. It's like, ah, I know that feeling, so I'm going to buy a candy bar that I will not eat. And I I, I know when I've eaten too much of it, because my right. face starts to hurt. I'm like, a couple of days ago, my nose swelled up. Like, it now it just went back down. Like, it just, my, left, my right nostril was, was tender, because it like, I eat too much sugar. And then I just pass out at my computer. Like, and I know I'm about to pass out. There's nothing I can do about it. Like, I can't even stand up. I was like, I'm going to pass out for like an hour and a half. And then my computer falls asleep and I hit the mouse. I'm like, oh, an hour and a half has just passed by. (laughs) And I'm never getting back to sleep. Because it's funny how you need, like, people get eight hours of sleep or six hours of sleep. If I get like an hour of sleep in the middle of the day, I'm ruined for the rest of the night. (laughs) I'm like, what logic is that? But, um, but no, sugar's a sedative. Yeah, it's like, I pass out when I eat too much sugar. Like, I don't know. I, I watch people eat a piece of cake. I get jealous. I'm like, how do you eat a piece of cake? Those days are gone. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I eat one piece of a piece of cake and I I get the shakes and I want to like, I can't do anything about it. I'm like, I want to sit down, but I'm in public. So I'm like, I can't really like go to sleep in public. <laughs> so it's like, I think I'm just fighting the feeling of like whatever the sugar is trying to do. But for me, the caffeine does nothing to me. I think it's ADHD. Like, the caffeine does nothing. It's the sugar that gets me. But, like, too much sugar, yeah, I'm passing out. Like, it's, I don't know if that's just like a the sugar rush or, like, I don't think I'm diabetic. But, no, the point was, like, yeah, like, uh, the, the, I guess we're talking, what, what were we talking about? I lost track of my, I lost track of my thoughts. The, the chemical release? What were we talking about? Look at me. This is what happens. I, f- I already forgot. <laughs> Frick. It's nobody's fault. Oh, yeah. But, that's all right. But no. Yeah. The I guess we're going back to the different styles of hoarding. Like, when did you come up? When did you start to... Looking back, when did you start to hoard? When did the, Was it discs? Was it old cassettes? What, old VHS? Which I all... I would... I know the article didn't say that, but I would... It's digital to me. Because I, I just look at it like you can hold more on a piece of whatever, like a piece of medium, but it doesn't take up as much physical space. Yeah. Like you can put a hundred movies that take up the spot of one movie on your shelf, like on an external hard drive or like a DVD. Like you can put a bunch of episodes of a show on one DVD as opposed to like having like a disc that had like maybe six episodes per disc or whatever. But yeah, I consider that digital hoarding. What else? Well, what else could we be missing about digital hoarding? Streaming, maybe Stream- in a way. Yeah, like um, everything's at your fingertips. 
and you have different apps for everything. Like it's funny about cable. It's like I'm, I want to just pay for the channels I want. Now you are, and it's they probably cost you a little more. Right. It's like you have Disney Plus, which is packaged with like ESPN, and then you have Hulu. You can have Fire Stick. You can have Roku. You can have um, yeah, Netflix, of course. Paramount Plus. These are not sponsors. Uh, CBS has their own app. YouTube Premium. But like, we'll you, find a way to get them. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like you have all this. You have these tabs on your. If you depends on how you have a smart TV or whatever. But yeah, you are hoarding. That because sometimes like on Mac HBO Max, um, there's another one I can't think of. I think Stars has one. The point I'm bringing up is like some people only get those apps for one show. It's like I can only get this show on HBO Max. So I have to buy HBO Max for this one show. But like, oh yeah, to tie it back all in, you can say like you can DVR stuff, right? But remember, anybody remember? I'm gonna date myself again. Um, I saw it at Goodwill and I should have bought it just for curiosity. A TiVo? They were selling a TiVo. <laughs> in the box. I mean, man. For those who don't know, this is this is digital hoarding. TiVo, this was the advent of, this was after VCR and this was when cable was at its peak. Like we got more and more cable channels in the late 90s and Dish was a thing more than ever. You would plug in this device through your TV. It would interact with your cable I think you have to you have to buy a subscription to use the service or something like that's, that. I, I think you're right. Yeah. So it's called TiVo. So if you ever hear that word, somebody TiVoed something, that's because of that device. Like now we. I think wow, that's TV, a dated word. Yeah. Yeah. TiVo's that's crazy. A dated word. Like <laughs> now like, I TiVoed it. Yeah. Like how Google became a verb. Yeah. People say people still say that. You can tell how old they are if they still say TiVo, even though everything's DVR. I might now. say that to my in-laws and see what, if they reacted. You. You know. Can you they'll TiVo like, that? It was like they'll like. They're like, what? <laughs> I haven't heard that in years. Oh, there goes that word. But yeah, like, and it would behave like, you know, how you, if you had the VHS, you would have to time your VHS just at the right time to record your show or whatever. Well, I th- it was Devo's more digital. So it was, you would just time it that way, but it stored more. Um, And so I think that was probably the first version of that. I think that that just brought back some memories. Like, uh, because I had growing up, uh, direct TV, so another dish, like, uh, sorry, uh, satellite TV, where they had like a, uh, you know, record function. And it's just like, you know, once the storage gets full of all these shows that you record, it's just like, I just picture or like recall the feeling of being like, I don't want to get rid of like these Simpsons episodes yeah I want to watch them because <laughs> like now you can rip from your from your DVR and I don't know not like DVRs are set to where they'll if they don't they'll delete it automatically like, right you, in like the settings they'll delete like 90 days after you record yeah like you don't have can yeah you can't have ownership of it unless you rip it um, or screen capture it if you have it like a PC connected to your TV somehow and you just screen capture it that way don't listen to any of this that's illegal um yeah it's illegal kids but yeah I, that was the first version of like if no one knew they were hoarding digitally they were doing it thin because they would have these shows 
that they might get back to. You know, if it's a sporting event, they might delete the sporting event. Right. But like you said, it's Simpsons episodes, and this was before DVDs were being sold. Um, and you couldn't buy, like, you know, you could buy VHS of shows, but you would only get, like, three episodes on one tape. Right. And it wasn't the same. It would be, like, three random episodes. There wouldn't be any sequential order, even though sitcoms really didn't matter. But still, you wanted to group them in certain ways. Like The Simpsons, it's all understood that the first, generously the first eight seasons were, it could have ended at eight season eight and The Simpsons would have been the best show ever made. Yeah. But it kept going until like season 34. But there were some of those Simpsons episodes that like most of everything that you quote probably came from seasons one through eight. Sometimes season six had every episode of quotable. I bring that up because it's like, that was the era when The Simpsons were like peaking. I don't want to lose this. Like, I'm not going to wait for the rerun. I'm not going to time it out to dub it to a... Nobody uses that word, dub it. Ugh. You're going to dub it to a VHS? That's a word nobody... Dub. If you use that word, you know, you need to make noise when you get up. You're going to dub me that? Oh, I just... That's an old person's word. But yeah, TiVo, I would consider that the first version of, like, digital hoarding. But then it's like... Couldn't hold that much. So were you really hoarding? It's like you can hold only so much. Yeah. Before you like, you had to make the hard choices. Um, and I think the disc DVD technology opened that up. Any readable, writable technology, that was it. Then it became, how can I rip these to a MP4? And then, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Which, what's your relationship with hoarding, digital hoarding? What do you consider? And like, cause I can go like it's, it hasn't changed. The moment that I got a CD burner, that was the beginning of it. Twenty one years ago. So as I learned, you can burn stuff to disc. I'm like, yep, I, I I can keep it, and I still have stuff from twenty one years ago on disc that I think still work. The disc hasn't cracked yet. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those concepts that. You don't really think about because I think it's so pervasive in your life. You just take it for granted. You just right. you shrug at it. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then before you know it, you're like people digital hoard apps. They have an app just for one thing that they don't need. They have an app for every grocery store you go to. I mean, yeah. you have to. I mean, yeah. The, like they have a Tom Thumb app. Yep. Oh, I have the Kroger app a... <laughs> and the Family Dollar app. Uh, you know. Um... Oh, there it is. I mean, I got. An Animal Crossing app. I don't play Animal Crossing anymore, but... How did that I, work with your you phone? Know, what's that? How did that work with your phone? Oh, it's... Uh, sorry, Animal Crossing. It's like a guide like oh, to okay. record your stuff uh, and progress. Um, I'm not playing Animal Crossing right now, uh, but... Am I going to delete it? Probably not. Um, uh, let's see. A lot of music apps. Uh... After we went to free play, um, and we played Big Buck Hunter, and it didn't work, <laughs> I got a Big Buck Hunter app game. Really? Yeah. That, <laughs> see, that's addictive. It's like as much as I like, I don't understand hunting, but hunting games fascinate me. It's like that. Oh man, this like that's addictive. I couldn't imagine having that on my phone. <laughs> I was addicted to a nine innings pro baseball app. I played that every, I'm not exaggerating, every day for like maybe three straight years. I could not stop playing it. <laughs> I had a super team on that game. I mean, this team was on, 
unstoppable. It was illegal this team I had because you can like get cards upgrade. I didn't. This you could have paid. I didn't pay. Yeah. But the game was set up to where you didn't have to pay. You just right. got lucky. And then my one through nine made no sense. It was like you know you play baseball. You got the one, the the lead off, the clean up at four. You put somebody at seven. My one through nine was like, what are you gonna do about it? Like I would be losing by like eight runs in the ninth, and I didn't have to swing the bat, and they would walk me, and I figured out how to win that way. It's like I'm not swinging the bat. You're gonna have to walk me, and I've, I've just mastered that game. I won a game being down eight runs in the bottom of the ninth. I bring all that up because it's like I didn't want to get rid of any card I had. I'm like I'm gonna to need to sub out this card one day, and that's a whole different version. The day we're in the day of now of microtransactions and. Being able to just, you know, you play a rate like Grand Turismo's in the news right now. It's like, I'm not gonna drive all these cars. Like, why do I need how many game? How many cars in that game? I have no clue. hundreds. <laughs> like, and they rip you off because there's like GT and then GT Sport. So there's different versions of the game, right? And then like they give you so many cars. I'm like, I'm not going to drive 90% of these cars. Like you look at Need for Speed, how they only have like 20 cars and you kind of laugh at that. It's like, oh, that's a measly lineup. Yeah. When Gran Turismo had like 300 cars available right away. They all drove the same. Uh, and they all drove like real cars, which annoyed me because uh, I can't drive. I'm like, I can't turn in this car. I'm like, I turn too late. I'm going to hit a car. And like <laughs> you turn like it's like, you're in a mini Cooper, but you're it's like a damn... 18 wheeler like I can't turn but like that's hoarding like you don't need 300 like why'd you buy these cars you don't need 300 cars Pokemon that has to be digital hoarding you don't use all these I don't play I never played Pokemon yeah but I remember Pokemon Go was a thing a couple of years ago oh, 2016 you don't need all these, you don't need them you only need them to transact them like I had a bunch of cars I need for speed just to sell them like, yeah I don't need another BMW Class B was it um the Z ZA, I forgot the name of it. Anyway, the point is the age of microtransactions, because you're bringing up apps, and like, I just thought about the apps I had. It's like, you could just, you don't want to part with this card. I'm like, I want to play this card one day. That's digital hoarding to me. What other apps do you have? Because I don't have that many game apps. Yeah. I, I, um, I got addicted to them. I couldn't do it. Um, Let's see. Uh, Alamo Draft House. I don't really go there um, anymore. Uh, Let's see. Um, a PC building app. I don't use PCs. I'm a Mac guy. <laughs> uh, but I thought about building a PC at some point. So that's why I have it. Um, chess. A uh, chess learning app. Uh, I gave up on that. <laughs> uh, Game of Kings. You know, various uh, food ordering apps. See, that's everybody have those. Yeah. You're kind of have to like you know restaurants like just like with streaming like the you know, you watch for one show i have to get this for one restaurant um a lot of game a few games that i don't really play um uh mcdonald's haven't gone there in a while but i'm a, I, I like mcdonald's i'm i'm back I, i'm okay with fast food now <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah it was be it like, because of the pandemic or what, what 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 brought you back to fast food uh i think it's just because it's cheap and it tastes good yeah you miss <laughs> that man <laughs> it just the, goes back you know back to basics 
yeah, it's like it, everything is just the salt makes everything taste so good. It's like, I just want that salt. Like those McDonald's, I don't know if they do that anymore. McDonald's fries were just notorious for being salty. Did you just grow to love it? I think that was like, was it McDonald's fries were salty. Burger King fries were more crispy. And then um, Wendy's did the sea salt thing and like changed the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, McDonald's fries, the sogginess, I overlooked it because I wanted the salt in my mouth. <laughs> and then you had to drink the Sprite to hydrate yourself, which is counterintuitive. Like soda, the, like I'm... The, that that's crazy to think about. Like just thinking back to my childhood, it's just like I drank like you know it's like normal to drink like twenty ounces of soda with your meal. I can't and then get it. free refills. Like that annoys me. Like I'll go to um, Golden Shake and I'm like, can I sub out this drink? I'm not going to drink it. Like because they'll give it's like prerequisite thirty two ounce. Like, yeah, I'm not to drink all this soda. So like, can I sub it out for a side? And they let me. And I, I felt like I can't like no one else does this. Like they yeah. make you get the stupid drink, or they because it, it costs them nothing. Exactly, like yeah. that syrup is nothing. That carbonated water is nothing. It's like a drop of syrup. Yeah. In a bunch of carbonated water, and they're like profiting like probably ninety nine percent. Yeah. It's like a dime, probably to make one of those drinks. If right. that, like, like what is it? Thirty cents to make a CC's pizza. Uh huh. Like that's why you see so many. Fun fact: That's why you see so many pizza franchises. Because it's like the biggest profit margin. Because it's nothing to make a pizza. Yeah. But the thing is, you compete with a lot of other pizza franchises. But pizza costs nothing to make. Right. Whereas, if you had a Burger King franchise, they forced people to sell the Whopper at a loss. Like, it cost a dollar ten to make a Whopper. They would make them sell it for a dollar. So, they were not profiting off the Whopper. Uh, so, fun fact. Like, some franchises have no choice over what they sell. Or how they sell it. Uh, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, like, um, that is nuts how, like, how normalized that was. Like, going to, remember on a racetrack, you get the refillable cups. It's like, here's 64 ounces. Oh my God, like, or Bit Gulp. It's yeah. Like, I'm not, who drinks all of this? And then they entice you to buy it because you get the collector's cups. Right. It's like, here's the limited edition Star Wars cup, limited edition Dallas Cowboys cups. Like, I guess I gotta buy it. It's like, you don't. You go, to, you go to the theater, you got to buy the limited edition cup and the popcorn bucket that you will never use. That Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, um, there's a, like, like, yeah, they make you have to get an app for every restaurant now. Yeah. Especially pandemic, you had to get an app for everything. Um, for whether you couldn't drive or you couldn't afford to go out anymore because things cost gas money. Then everything's just being delivered to you via DoorDash or Uber Eats or that. So yeah, I wonder if that is considered whole, like the apps thing where like you said, you have a bunch of apps that you haven't used. You may intend to use like the PC building app, but yeah, it, but like now you can, you know, you said you have folders on your phone where yeah, yeah it's yeah. like apps for games, right. food Even apps. then I have a lot of folders too. I just, you know, I do, I do name them though. <laughs> yeah, it's not like staring at the icons like oh yeah because yeah, yeah. like you got your music for, like it's out with spotify and apple music people so yeah yeah gotta have multiple music apps whether it's yeah because do you have pandora and all that i don't yeah, i've never been a fan of pandora i, didn't I think it. it's just it, it's just like oh it's radio but it's online yeah my, okay but i don't want to listen to it. my joke was like you tell your girlfriend that you like 
you, you're a Lakers fan, but she buys you a Celtics jersey because you like basketball. It's like, no, that, no, no, I like the Lakers. <laughs> I like basketball, but that's the rival team. Don't buy me. <laughs> but you like basketball. It's like, I like the Lakers. <laughs> I don't just, you think I want to hear this song. I don't. It's like, they get the first few songs right, and then you're like, I didn't put this on. It's like, what? Yeah, I think my first experience with Pandora was I was working at a juice bar. Uh, and I think they just played it because it was free. But I thought it was, you know, when I listen to music, I'm I'm more of a, like, listen to the artist for, like, a week and then move on to a different artist rather than, like, doing, I do like, that. playlists or uh, mixtapes. Just kind of feeling that artist. And like, exactly. Like, I want to dedicate my focus on just one artist. Um, and so, yeah, using Pandora, I was like, I'm, you know, I want to listen to Megadeth, but here I am getting other stuff. Yeah, because they'll next. give you they'll give you the Megadeth song at first. Yeah, at first, and then you're getting a bunch of weird other metal songs you don't care about. It's like I don't want this. Like some people are not in the mood for Metallica. Yeah. Like I've heard that people don't like Metallica. Um, uh, this neither here nor there. But like you're in the mood for Megadeth, you want Megadeth. You don't need bombarded with um that weird drum in Saint Anger. <laughs> and you know about that story. That's a different that's a different story altogether. That album. Anyway. Yeah, you don't want to be bombarded with that sound. Like that's <laughs> metal, it's rock, but not what I want it. Uh but yeah. The Yeah, that's what that's why I asked Luis to bring up like what apps you have, because I think like now we have apps for everything. Right. It is like you might use it once a year. You might use it once a month. But you can kind of, you set the different windows on your phone. You know, you swipe, and that's when you see all your folders. Like, on mine, I don't use folders, so I just have, like, apps I normally use on one screen, and then apps that I've installed, that, you know, when they install, they just kind of put the icon somewhere else. Yeah. I have that screen with, like, newer apps that I've downloaded that I don't often use. They're, like, off to the side. But I might use the coupon app once a month at Family Dollar. I mean, it's like... It's worth keeping that app on my phone to save five dollars once a month, I guess. Yeah. They've already farmed my information anyway. Like they're making more money off of that five dollar. <laughs> yeah, like they got, they got my spending habit. The more you spend, they they, they kind of figure out your habits and then sell that information off to some people. It's like yeah, the, so yeah, it's that's what I would consider as a hoard. It's like you don't use it as much. You you have it for that one occasion, and then you're like. All right. See you next month when I have to buy more eggs that are on sale. When things go like there's certain items that go on sale once a month, keep the app. But yeah, that's what I yeah that I would consider that digital hoarding. Um, you have any other examples? I can't think of anything else. I don't think so. But I guess to round it off today is something you sent me today, March thirty first is World Backup Day, which is in perfect timing with today's topic. Right. So you got to store more information. By backing up, um, this is from Forbes. This annual, uh, it's been uh, promoted today, March 31st, has been promoted as World Backup Day for over 10 years. This annual event reminds people to back up their data uh, before they lose it by accident or malice or make themselves an April Fool. Uh, <laughs> there's a website for this event where you can take a pledge to back up your data. Uh, according to the World Backup Day website, 21% of people have never backed up their data. Uh, 
of uh, data losses are caused by accidents. And 30% of all computers are infected with malware. That being said, I have not backed up my computer in 90 days. I get alerts every time I open my computer. Oh, really? <laughs> Do, uh, really? You get, I don't get alerts. They just they, My computer doesn't care about me. Uh, but yeah, it's... What company started that? Did a company start that day? Because it seems like it's one of those days that like a company may have an incentive to start. You know, like there's every day is a random holiday. Yeah. And it's like, but it's started by a company. Right. Because it's, it's like, yeah, the world ice cream day. Like, yeah, by who? Dryers? I bet. Um, or like fake ones like Boss's Day. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's propaganda. Yeah. It's like, hey, um, make sure you appreciate. I will not appreciate my boss. My boss needs to appreciate me. Um, I don't think a company's behind this, which... Um, about I think it's just you know a group of concerned citizens yeah I have no yeah I, I would think a company's behind it but like I, I um, backing up is one thing because backing up connotes that it's important that it's a it's, it's, it's important work documents or files that you work on constantly like that's what I call backup and I think that's slightly different from hoarding but backup is very important. Yeah. Like the things that we use to hoard, digital hoard with, we should be using just for backup. We probably have less stuff to deal with, but it's more important stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm going to need to back up whether it's something as minor as a list of phone numbers or a um, a final version of a file for like After Effects or whatever. But yeah, backup is important. Hoarding... I guess it's whatever your mental relationship with hoarding is. If it's in control, then fine. But if you feel like the digital walls are closing in, and you know, I wonder if the whole like Marie Kondo thing works too. Where it's like, <laughs> stare at the file for five seconds. And if you don't feel anything, delete it. Right. Um, I, I can't bear to do that. Like I said, I make memes for fun. It's like, no, I'm going to need this video of this person making noises just for the one moment to get my 10 likes on Twitter. All right. That's what I care about. This image is going to give me, this is currency. This is going to give me 10 likes on Twitter. This might give me a retweet. You know how much that, that you can't pay for that. That's a high. That is a high. Like it's never thought of it that way. Like those images are pretty much, or those files for reactions is like currency. Cause like you're exchanging that for some kind of chemical rush of seeing your number go up on the left hand side of your Twitter. If you use the desktop version, where it's like, oh, that's a, was it, um, on Facebook, it's like, it goes like to, if it's like over a certain number, like you see 99 plus, like you don't see past 100. Like I've gone six months without using Facebook once and I got a big old giant number that I don't want to click. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's different. Backup's important. So, yeah, so remember control S, command S. If you're working and listening, command right. S, save it now. Um, command shift S, I think, save as. But command S, that should be, just save it. I was I was working on something and we had like a rolling black. Did you deal with that a couple of days ago, the rolling blackouts? I don't think so. Yeah, it, like, I had people posted on Facebook later on that day. It's like, did your power just go out? I was like, no, my power went out at work a couple, of day, a couple of hours ago. And then someone else commented on that her, my friend's post, and she's like, "They they said, yeah, my yeah. my power went out 
for like a second. And I was working on something and didn't say for 30 minutes. And then I thought it recovered it. It did not recover. I was upset, but not really because I remembered in my head what it was. Right. It wasn't art yet. It was words. But yeah, you know, this is Texas. So the power grid sucks. Please save. Yeah. Jesus saves and so should you. Or Ludacris says, oh, Jesus saves, but I withdraw. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was... <laughs> I just thought that was like, Jesus saves, I withdraw. Anyway, save, uh, so command for, us, control us. So for, for World Backup Day, we'll take a um, take some inspiration from Juvenile. Girl, you look good. Won't you back that thing up? Wise words from a wise man. All right, Silica Gel, out. Silica Gel, out. Oh.